Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Lanes Podcast. Just before we get into the podcast, I just want to talk to you about our new sponsor that's come on board, Books and Gifts Direct. Books and Gifts Direct is Australia's largest direct seller of books and gifts. They sell all of their products from lunchrooms and reception desks, and they're in more than 25,000 workplaces in Australia. These workplaces also include schools, childcare centers, businesses, hospitals, community centers, and other corporate entities. They also sell online at booksandgiftsdirect.com and they also have up to 70% off recommended retail price on a lot of their products. So if you want to head over, have a look at Books and Gifts Direct, make sure you have a look. The link is going to be in the bio and you can also maybe look to be a franchise in this company. I'm sure if you want to, it wouldn't be, not, it wouldn't be a bad idea. So make sure you definitely have a look at it. But before, let's get into the show. All right, we're back for another episode of the Lanes Podcast. As we know, Previously, episode part one of the NBA Power Rankings. So without further ado, let's not waste any more time. Let's get into the show. Welcome to another episode of the Lanes Podcast. All right, we're back for another episode. Let's not waste any more time. I know last episode was about 45 to 50 minutes long, and usually I'm trying to get in between that 15 to 25 minute range, but I was just really going off and I really liked, you know, talking about a lot of those teams because a lot of, you know, average fans and average listeners probably wouldn't know a lot about these teams that aren't going to be as great right now. So I'm not going to waste any more time. I'm going to get into the 20 to 10 range. Number 20 for number, yeah, sorry, number 20 to 10 range. Number 19 for me, because I already went through number 20, which is Washington. Number 19 for me is the Charlotte Hornets. And a lot of people might say that's pretty low on Charlotte. You're not very high on Charlotte. Just looking at all of this all of these teams, there's so many good teams in the NBA right now that I think it's just right now better than them. And I like, there was a couple of teams that I could definitely have put over them, but I just think right now, Charlotte is, they're in a really, really good place right now, if you ask me. I think having that pick last year in Lonzo Ball, not Lonzo Ball, Lamelo Ball, it, it just stratified, it just, sorry, not stratified, it just catapulted them into a, a different type of, I don't, I don't even know how to say it, but like, they're in a different direction now, and they've never really been in that direction. I think like you can definitely build around someone like a Lamelo Ball. Like they obviously had a really good player in Campbell Walker before, but I don't know, man. Lamelo Ball's so different in the fact where he 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 gets people to come to games. You know, you look at it; it's funny. Like Charlotte should be getting and should be attracting big name free agents. Like if Michael Jordan is the owner of your team, and Michael Jordan called, if I'm an NBA player, and Michael Jordan called me up and said, "Look." We'd like you to come in, just have a chat about Charlotte and the direction of what we can see you fit in. I am, I am, before he even hangs up that phone call, I am booking a flight to Charlotte and I'm going to see that man. Like, it's crazy for me that they don't really get a lot of big free agent signings. Like, the most recent big free agent signing they, they did was Gordon Hayward, you know, and, and he was coming off injuries and this and that, but they don't really have a massive, you know, collection of free agents that they signed over the years. So for me... I'm very interested to see what they do this year. I obviously do like LaMelo Ball a lot. I think he's going to be a really transcendent player. He could possibly be an all-star this year. But in saying that, I just don't, I don't, I'm not too sure right now. I might possibly do another podcast on all-stars that come in the future. But for now, you know, you look at their starting five, you have a LaMelo Ball, obviously, who would start. You have at the two-man position, Terry Rozier, who came off a really, really good season, I thought. He played really, really well, really strong for them. You know, he was a real solid rock for them, especially on the offensive end. Small forward, three men is obviously going to be someone like Gordon Haywood. Four men, for me, I would start Miles Bridges. I think that connection between Mello and Miles Bridges is really something that they need to tap into. I actually like it a lot, and I think that it's going to be good for them in the future. And then, obviously, your five men would be someone like Mason Plumley, or for me, possibly you can go a PJ Washington there at the five, but I think for them, trading for someone like a Mason Plumley, they're obviously going to play him at the five-man position. But then you look at it, they have you know a solid eight, if you ask me, to have a PJ Washington, you know someone like... 
Kelly Olinick, you know, who's who, who just came and not Kelly Olinick, sorry, Kelly Ubre, who's just a free agent signing for them. You know, I do like the I do like that player, James Booknight, you know, out of uh, out of Kentucky. I think he's really, really strong out of Connecticut, sorry. He's a really, really strong player for me. I like what he's gonna be. I think he's gonna be a really, really strong player. I do like that pick in Kai Jones. I thought he was a nice pickup. You know, they also picked up someone like Ish Smith, who's a young, who's a who's a seasoned veteran who knows how to get it done. But for me, I still think that they got a lot of improvement to do, and I think that's a good thing. And I don't think any any fan of Charlotte should be pigeonholing them in a certain position of where they should be. I think a lot of people are going to have them in the top top eight, the top ten range, and I absolutely agree on that. I definitely think that they'll be in that playing tournament, and I think that they're going to be, you know, possibly a team that could, if they if they got into a momentum role, they'll definitely have a chance of making the playoffs. But for me, there's just a lot, a lot of teams here that I just think are a little bit better at the moment. It doesn't mean that I don't think that they can make the playoffs because I definitely believe that they have a great shot at making the playoffs. But just for now, I would say number 19 for me, it's hard because the next team I'm going to talk about, I could have easily put them over, but it's it's hard to say. But for me right now, number 19 is the Charlotte Hornets. Number 18 I'm going to talk about, and the reason why I had them at 18 is because I really like the acquisition of them getting coach Rick Carlisle, and that is the Indiana Pacers. I'm a big fan of Rick Carlisle as a coach. I think he nearly got a team like Dallas to the second round with Luka Doncic and sometimes no real key second player on that team. So I really like what he does as a coach. I just look at Indiana's team, and I think they're a bit more polished than a lot of these teams right now that I've just previously talked about in this podcast and the podcast before. You know, their starting five will be a team of Malcolm Brogdon, Karis LeVert, you know, you have TJ Warren, who's still a serviceable player, DeMontis Sabonis, and, and Miles Turner. That's a strong five, you know, if you ask me. You've got an all-star caliber player in DeMontis Sabonis. You've got a player like Karis LeVert, who was taking really good, strong leaps and creating a creating himself to be a really big asset. You know, you look at James Harden trade. He was probably one of the key parts in that James Harden trade. So I think he can take a really good step up and possibly be an all-star caliber player. Let's not forget, he did have a 50-piece, not last year, the year before. So he can definitely put the ball in the bucket, you know, another player that I really like for them is obviously someone like Malcolm Brogdon. I think he's a great point guard. I think he's always starts the season really, really strong. I'd love to see him try to get an all-star nod, you know, hopefully this year or next year because I really think he's a great player and he deserves it. But yeah, you look at their team, you know, who would be their sixth man? Obviously, I would say someone like a TJ McConnell. I love him a lot as a player. I think he's he might not be the best player on your team at all times, but he's going to compete. He's going to play as hard as he possibly can, and he's a great culture guy, and a lot of players love playing with a person like him. He's just a real dog, goes after and gets after it really, really hard. So I love watching someone like a TJ McConnell play. They also have a Jeremy Lamb who's coming off injury again, so he could possibly be a nice piece for them. Goga, I'm going to butcher this, obviously. Badate, Badate, I'm not too sure how you say that, but yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a strong rotational player. Someone like a Tory Craig who's coming off the finals with the Phoenix Suns. He's a, he's a really good foundational player in a rotation. I really like him a lot. So right now, I think they're a good team. I do think the the pickup, the best pickup they got was obviously Rick Carlisle. I think he's a really, really good coach. But for me, the way I look at it, I think they'll be they'll be in that 6-10 to 10 range in that play, playing tournament. But I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, that, that starting five is better than most a lot of starting fives probably in the East. And if someone like a DeMontis bonus keeps progressing and creeps, keeps improving in his progression, I just think that they can definitely be better than most teams in the, you know, definitely be in that 6 to 10 range in the East, if you ask me. So at number 18, I had the Indiana Pacers. Number 17 for me, and that it would be they're just out of the playoff, playoff tournament right now, if you, if you were to say the top 16 teams, and that is the Portland Trailblazers. Now, a lot of people might say, really? Portland, you're not, you don't have them in there. But I, I still believe that they can make the playoffs. I still definitely believe that. But I think there's going to be change, and a lot of change brewing in a team like Portland. 
Most obviously, Damian Lillard, what's going to happen with him? I think he's going to get traded inevitably. I just don't know when and where. I'd like to see him get traded this season, to be quite honest with you, quite frank. They're not going to win a championship with him, and that's not his fault. It's just the way that they're built, they're not going to win a championship. No one really wants to go there. We've seen that in previous previous years. So for me, I would dead set look to trade Damian Lillard, and you know, there's so many places where if you put if Damon Lillard said he requested a trade or someone wanted him to go if he's if Portland like we're looking we're listening to offers of Damian Lillard you're gonna get a lot a lot of teams out of the woodworks who would definitely have a look at taking him you know a lot of teams would love to have him on his team you know if any team I would think would love to have him on his team to be quite honest with you so I think he's definitely gonna get traded in in the in the near future you look at their starting five right now. Obviously, it would be Damon CJ in the backcourt, someone like a Norman Powell at the three, Robert Covington at the four, and then the big fella, the Bosnian beast, Mr. Nicholas, Yusuf Nurkic. That's a strong five. It's always going to be a strong five. They've got a bit of chemistry there. I've always been pretty high on Portland before. I thought that they could have been a real dark horse in the West this past season. Obviously, they came up against Denver in a red-hot Jokic in MVP form. But for me, yeah, I'm I'm not as high as what I used to be on them anymore. I just I don't see this team being anything right now. I think they're going to be massive sellers soon. I think someone like a CJ McCollum could also get traded alongside Damian Lillard. Obviously, they won't be in the same trade, you know, you would probably assume. But for me right now, number 17 for me, I, I think that's a pretty decent fit for them. They're probably still going to make the playoffs if Damian Lillard stays. Obviously, if he stays and there was clarity and assurance he stayed, I would have them in or at a higher range. But for me right now, 17 is where I sit with the Portland Trailblazers. Number 16 I'm going to talk about, and this is a team that's probably been the most, one of the busiest teams in the NBA free agency this past season, and that is the Chicago Bulls. Now, a lot of other teams, a lot of other people are doing podcasts, or a lot of other people writing power rankings, this, that, might have them a lot higher. I've seen people have them a bit lower. But for me, I think number 16 is perfect. You know, they're kind of halfway in the middle of their, in the middle of the NBA. They're beat. To me, they're still going to be. They're going to be a playoff team. I, I believe that. To be quite honest with you, I think that they're definitely going to be a team that is going to progress and is going to get better and better. You know, obviously the acquisitions of Demar Derozan and obviously Mr. Lonzo Ball. It's obviously going to be great for them. It's obviously going to be great for them, and it's it's something that they needed. They needed some some players to come in that's a bit better than what they had, and I think they did a really good job getting Lonzo Ball. I really like him a lot. I think he's going to be a great partner to someone like a Zach Levine. But for me, I still need to see DeMar DeRozan, see how he fits. I think it will be a good fit. I think it will fit well. I think someone like a Billy Donovan's a really good coach. He's underrated, if you ask me. So I definitely think that he can get it to work. It's just definitely going to be interesting for me to see what and how they work it. I still believe that they need a couple more a couple more players in their rotation. Like you look at the, their starting lineup, it would be Alonzo Ball, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Probably a Patrick Williams right now at the four and a Nikola Vucevic. That's a strong five. That's a really, really good five. I like that five. I really do like that five a lot. But then you look at it, six man, probably someone like a Kobe White. What's going to happen with him? Is he going to progress or is he going to digress? Could he be a trade asset in the future? Now, that can be a definite spot for them. They haven't really gone out and signed a lot of other players. They have signed someone of Alex Caruso. But to me, that's seven good players, if you ask me. I think Caruso is a really good pickup for them. I think he's a player that really fits in any system, to be quite honest. But yeah, I'm, I'm still a bit hesitant to see what they can do. I still like them. I still like them to be a playoff tournament team. I, best, I definitely believe that they can end up anywhere from the 6th seed to the 10th seed. Or if they start really, really well, they can end up for a 4th seed to the 10th seed. But it's just so it's just right now so clouded to see how they'll fit in that system. 
But I do, I do back them. I do believe someone like a Billy Billy Donovan can get the, a lot out of them and can get the most potential out of a team like that. So for me, number sixteen, Chicago Bulls. Now we're going to look at one of the most interesting teams in the NBA right now, if you ask me, and that's the Philadelphia 76ers. There is a lot of moving parts here, Philadelphia. I could have had them lower. I could have had them higher. But for me, I had them at 15 because if Ben Simmons doesn't play, they're not going to be as good and as effective. Obviously, they'll still be good, but who's going to play that point guard position for them? You know, it's a lot of moving parts. He's obviously came out and requested a trade. I have talked about that previously on a podcast. You want to check that out after this one. But for me, yeah, I'm not too sure what they're going to do. The reason I have him at 15 is because Ben Simmons is a really good asset. And the reason why I think he's not playing is it because it keeps his value higher and higher. Like when James Harden wasn't playing, it kind of kept his value higher and higher and then he had to play. I think Ben Simmons is just not going to go out and play for someone like Philadelphia ever again. And it's it's funny. It's a fall from grace. But I just, I just think that they're going to get someone of great value for me. I think someone like a Dale Morey knows how to trade assets. So for me, I, I, I would see them getting someone of an all-star caliber player. So for me, I still think that they can be in the balance. You know, they're kind of treading in, in like, they kind of just, in, you know, when you're, you're going into the beach and you're going into the water and you're just in the waves and you're just floating through the waves, they're kind of like that right now. But sometimes these waves can get really big or really small. So I'm not too sure what they're doing. I think Dalmore needs to pull the trigger right now and trade him as, as, as soon as possible on the ASAP because if they don't trade him, if this keeps leaking into their preseason, I think it's it, it's nothing but bad for them. So for me right now, I'd have him at 15. You can't really do a projecting starting lineup right now. Obviously, someone like a Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris would most likely start. Joel, Joel Embiid is definitely not getting traded, but you know you never know. Someone like a Tobias Harris could get traded, but I highly doubt that. But for me, still someone like a Steph Curry would start, Danny Green would start, and Ben Simmons would start right now, but Ben Simmons isn't playing. So it's, it's very interesting to see what they do there. So for me, I'd say 15 because they're going to get someone of high value back. Now let's move on to number 14, the Los Angeles Clippers. And the LA Clippers, a lot of people might say that's pretty low for them. A lot of people might say it's pretty high for them because you've got to look at it. They have no Kawhi Leonard. If they had a Kawhi Leonard top five to top seven team, absolutely, if you ask me. But I just don't see it right now. I think that loss of him is going to be pretty bad. And it's it's going to affect them in a, such a way that not a lot of fans really realize because People were like, oh, they made it to the conference finals without him. They didn't really make it to the conference finals without him. Let's let's be honest here. Like, they they got all the way to this conference semis without him. If they didn't have him in the in the first round, I highly believe that they would have got beaten by Dallas. So for me, there's the, the the part and the the point where people say, oh, Kawhi isn't that important. No, Kawhi is their best player by far, and I don't care what anyone says. He is going to be a massive loss for this Clippers team, and that's why I have him at fourteen. I still believe, but they have a lot of young, they have a lot of veteran presence, and they'll be able to grind out and get wins. And Ty Lue right now for me is, I think he's a top five to top ten coach in this league. It's really hard to see where you can put coaches sometimes, but I really like what he does. He actually listens to his players, and that's something that's really really valuable right now, and really valuable if you ask me, because right now it's a players' league, and coaches need to listen to players because sometimes they see a bit more, a little bit different to what a coach sees because it's there's no there's no substitution for playing. And like a coach can watch a game and, and strategize it and be on the sideline, but sometimes watching that playing in that game is a bit different. And I just think that Ty Lue is able to adapt really, really well. He's one of the most adaptable coaches. Him and Steve Kerr, I think, is really, really adaptable. Obviously, Greg Popovich too. But for me, I would say number 14 for the Clippers is right where they would probably be. If they go a little bit higher, I wouldn't be shocked. If they go a little bit lower, I wouldn't be shocked. But I reckon they're in that fifth to eighth seed in the West. Now let's move on to number 13, and number 13 for me is the Memphis Grizzlies. A lot of people might say this is high for Memphis, but 
the way I look at it, Memphis kind of have a pretty similar team right now. Obviously, they don't have someone like Jonas Valanciunas. They have a Stephen Adams there. But I think Stephen Adams is going to be a really good fit there. I think he's going to be a great pick-and-roll piece with someone like a Ja Morant. They also did go out and get some young assets in a Jarrett Culver. You know, they, they went out and traded Rajon, Eric Bloodzo for someone like a Rajon Rondo, Pat Beverly. Obviously, ship Pat Beverly quickly. I think that's a smart move, the right move. You don't need someone like Pat Beverly when you have a Jama Rant. And also buying out Rondo, you don't need a Rondo right now, especially if he doesn't want to play there. Buy him out. You don't really have you're not really using a lot of that cap right now. If it's me, if you're looking at the starting five for me, obviously you're gonna start someone like a Jama Rant. That's a dead set given. He's gonna be a I think he could be definitely a a player that can compete for an all star this season. I think he's, you know, really starting to mold into that top five, top ten type of point guard in the league. I think he's really going to become something special. So for me, I would obviously have him start in that point guard. You know, your, your wings, Dylan Brooks for me, I would definitely start him. And they really did like playing someone like a Desmond Bain, who really surprised a lot of people, if you ask me. So I wouldn't be shocked if they start those two. Obviously, you can start a player like Anthony Melton. But for me, I like I would say Dylan Brooks and Desmond Bain, both three-point shooters, pretty good defenders, like dogs, like defending dogs. I really like that caliber player. I like Kyle Anderson at the four. That's my opinion. I like what he does there. But obviously, they're not going to start him at the four. They've got someone like a Jaron Jackson. So maybe they might start a Desmond Bain on the bench and put Kyle, Kyle Anderson at the three. I do like him at the four, but... And then I do like someone like a Jaron Jackson at the five. That could be their ultimate death lineup. But for me, starting... Obviously, I'll go back again. Jama Rant, Dylan Brooks, Kyle Anderson, Jaron Jackson Jr. And I think they'll start someone like Stephen Adams. Obviously, their death lineup for me would be Jar. Kyle Anderson, in no particular order, Jar, Kyle Anderson, Jaron Jackson, probably a Dylan Brooks and maybe a Brendan Clark you can throw in there. You can go super big. But you look at it, they're, they're, that's their five. Their six, seven, eight would be a Brendan Clark. You know, they have someone like a Tyus Jones who could possibly play some minutes to them. You know, it, it, it's actually a really interesting team for me. And they over-improved, in my eyes, both seasons with John Rent. So that's why I had them higher than what I would usually have them. I actually have... I would actually be buying a lot of stock of Memphis because I actually like what they're doing. They're really young still, and they're just building within. And I think someone like Taylor Jenkins needs a lot more credit than what he's getting. You know, a lot of people wouldn't have had Memphis in the in the playoff playing tournament last year, or in the playoffs, or like competing for that eight spot. So for me, I really like what he's done. I think he's an underrated coach this year, like this in the NBA, and I really like what they're doing. So for me, right now, I would have Memphis at thirteen. Now. Let's talk about number 12, and that is a team that's been reinvigorated these past two years, and that is the New York Knicks for me. New York Knicks for me are a team that's really starting to find their feet with their management. I think they've got the right pieces. I think they're starting to figure it out a little bit more. And a lot of more, a lot more teams and people that I've been talking to are, are, are really, really high on them. But like you've got to look at it. Every time someone's been super high or super like, Oh, New York's gonna be good this year. They usually end up being shit. Like, let's let's be honest. Like, they usually end up not being as good as what they are. But I do like a lot of the pieces that they got. I actually don't mind the punt they've taken on someone like a Kemba Walker. Obviously, that was their big big name free agent this year. It's not as bad as what people think. It's actually a you know for eight million dollars a year, you're getting him quite cheap because if he's on the court, he's going to be a valuable asset for them. So I actually don't mind that. I think someone like a Derrick Rose getting that re-signed there, it's a great move for them. It's a solidified six-man. He's got a lot of veteran presence. He obviously gets along with Tom Thibodeau, so I really like that move there. You know, they didn't really go out and draft someone that I would, I, I highly know. You know, they didn't really have a super high draft pick because they were in the playoffs for the first time in a long, long time. 
But you look at their team starting five, if you ask me, when healthy, Kemba Walker, you would have a Kem- RJ Barrett for me, Evan Fournier, Julius Randle, and a Mitchell Robinson. That's a pretty decent, strong, young starting five, relatively. You know, obviously, Kemba Walker's up there, and then someone like Evan Fournier is up there. And then Julius Randle right now starting to enter his peak. So I actually really like their team. You know, six, seven, eight, their rotation. Obviously, D. Rose, Alec Burks, he would be there. They are, they really like playing Emmanuel quickly. Someone like a Nerlens in the well would obviously play there too. He's re-signed there. They still have some young pieces and someone like an Obi Toppin. What are they going to do with him? What's going to happen there? Is he going to get more minutes? It's very interesting to see. I actually think they're, they're in a really good spot right now in New York. They're in a spot where... They haven't been in a long, long time where they can be competitive, but they still got some young assets and some young valuable talent. And for me, it's something if you're a New York Knicks fan, you'd actually be appreciative of what they're doing. They're trying to be competitive and relevant, but they're still trying to nurture and grow their stock. And I really like that a lot for what they're doing. So for me, I would have them at number 12. Now, number 11 right now, I would say it would be the Boston Celtics, and that that's just my opinion. A lot of people might be, might be a bit lower on them. A lot of people might be a bit higher on them. But I actually think that they're better than what people think. And I think they're actually going to be a pretty strong team in the East this year. I think last year, it, it kind of gave them a real kick up the ass and it scared them a little bit and it shocked them a little bit. About, they weren't very good. Like, they weren't very good. And I think it, it was something that Boston fans probably thought, really, we're not that good. You know, you just went to the Eastern Conference Finals in the bubble. But, you know, a lot of teams did, did really good in the bubble and a lot of teams didn't go as good in the bubble. So bubble's a massive talking point of it you want to ask. I think the best teams in of the best teams in the bubble acclimated and made the finals. And that is the Miami Heat Los Angeles Lakers. They acclimated the best. They did the best in there. But in saying that last season wasn't the greatest for them. If you look at their team right now, starting five, I would still go someone like a Dennis Schroeder to start for me. I like him a lot. I still think he's he's he, for five point six million dollars any team would take the punt on him. I think that a lot of people are giving him slack and, and, and copping him for like Sound on that for you, $84 million deal. He obviously betted on himself and it didn't work out. Obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty, But at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. He can still go out and get a massive bag this year, you know, if he plays really, really well for him. So right now, I'd have him at the point. Obviously, at the wings, Jalen Brown would be one of the wings for me. It's interesting. Would you start someone like a Jason Tatum at the four, where he's been really effective, or would you start him at the wing? That's something that I'm not too sure. I would start him at the four, man. That way, you can have someone like a Marcus Smart starting. So for me, you have... Oh, what's his name? Sorry. I'm forgetting him already. Dennis Schroeder. Then you have a Marcus Smart. You have a Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. And to be honest right now, it's a toss-up for me between Robert Williams or Al Horford at the five. It doesn't really matter to me who they start. I actually like the pickup of Al Horford. I think he fits this team pretty well. I think he was more important than what Brad Stevens really thought. I think not having him for two years, it was it was very interesting to see them because I think he's going to be a nice asset for them. He's only he's look, he's still 35, he's getting paid a lot of money, but I think that off-court, that culture he'll bring, he knows what a winning team looks like, and he's been there before. You know, someone like a Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, they're comfortable playing with him. So I do see them being an actual, you know, decent team this year. You know, a, a lot of their players, they're, they're, they're in different roles. You know, I, I still like a player like Peyton Pritchard. I think he's got a little bit of potential. The pickup of Josh Richardson for me is actually a pickup I like. A lot of people don't like it, but I like it. I actually don't mind it a lot. I think he can be a nice piece off the bench or starting, whatever he, whatever he does. Very surprising for me, he didn't get a lot of minutes in Dallas because I thought he would have been a nice, valuable asset for them. But obviously, sometimes it doesn't work for certain players in certain situations. But for me, yeah, I would say number 12 for me is somewhere I'd like to see him. I think that they can definitely upset teams. 
you know, they, and you look at it, they still got a player like Jabari Parker. If he figures it out, he'll be a nice piece. And as Cantor's always been, you know, 11 points, 11 rebounds. He's averaging a double-double off the bench. That's pretty good, you know, so you're getting production with him. You're not getting a look at defense, but you're getting a, some offense there. But you got you look at it, they're, they're not a bad team. I actually like a little bit more than what they are. And they're still young. They're still they're still young. Their oldest player is Al Horford at 35. But, you know, you look at the team, Robert Williams, 24. Tremont Waters, 23. Grant Williams, 23. Tatum, 23. Marcus Smart, 27. You know, they're not super-duper old. So, for me, I actually don't mind what they're doing. So, right now, I would have the Boston Celtics at number 12. Number 11, sorry. Now, this one was a bit quicker, obviously, than the previous one. I could talk about these teams for a lot longer, but I think these 15-25 minute range is much better than what what other people are doing. You know, that 45-minute, you can kind of, like, drag it along. I obviously didn't drag it along with that one before. I actually like talking about these teams, those those those. Teams that people think are going to be bad because it's actually showing you how to build a successful club and franchise. But for me, guys, that's the part two of the Lanes Podcast Power Rankings. Make sure you listen to the next one coming up, but make sure you have a great day, guys. Thank you. Thanks for listening, guys, to another episode of the Lanes Podcast. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe all the content. Hit us up on Instagram, at lanesmedia underscore. That's all under capitalized letters. The link will be down below in the description. Thanks for listening, guys, again. Take care. Have a great day. Peace.